Welcome back to Podcast 84 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKF. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season for the best contests in all of sports. Please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Terms, conditions, and location apply if you'd like to support the icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays please visit theicebreakers.com click shop and become a member pick any of our winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com if nothing else please visit the icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber my friends we have a fully loaded show for you today because will hill is coming on to break down college and nfl football I hope you enjoyed our shows earlier this week talking about pace changes for college basketball. We've already cashed in on that. Did a Big Ten preview as well. And this is the third and final podcast of the week. But since we have a lot to cover, we're going to get right into it. So without further ado, let's bring on our wonderful guest, Mr. Will Hill from VEASAN and the Gold Boys Discord. Now I'm very excited to welcome back a wonderful sports better and good friend of the show and Mr. Will Hill. From Bear Bets, v and the Gold Boys Discord, you can follow Will on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Will, thanks for coming back on the show. You seem like a very busy man these days. I'm hearing you everywhere. Yes, it's uh, and it's going to lead into, I think, one of our conversations. It's it's especially tough for us in the content business to, to bet and to bet everything and to bet everything well. It's just especially if you're going to have any semblance of like you know a life or sleep or eat or friends or family or any of that so yeah um one sport ends baseball ends and then here comes the nba here comes college basketball with 900 teams to handicap on top of college football on top of nfl the futures and everything so man uh it, it does go by fast it's hard to believe I, I think we say this every time like i think last time we talked was august we were sweating a baseball i think cubs pirates under or something together and you look up and it feels like it's 10 minutes later it feels like it's like a week ago and we're in like what week nine or ten here half more than halfway through the season it's just remarkable how quickly it flies by well i think i was bragging about my cubs to make the playoffs ticket at that point and cool. uh that was uh definitely way too early <laughs> i don't know if i did it on the show or not i know i brought it up to you but that was uh i was surprised uh, that manager went i think he was surprised that that was a a, a strange maneuver there monday that was kind of out of nowhere you know it was it, i mean for cub like here's the thing i was an anti-ross guy and i'm in plenty of clubs groups and there's fighting constantly you know how it is when you're a fan and, and sure. he, it, you know i was anti-ross i think he dropped uh, his, some of his mistakes that he had putting people in certain positions in the outfield at weird times, um, not pulling pitchers when he should, right when they load the bases. Uh, uh, there's Ian Happ betting third for the rest of his life. Um, you know, I, I think his next uh, team he gets on, he's going to try to put Happ at third, even if he's not uh, there. I, it's just so weird. I never liked him. And, you know, now we're finding out in, in, that he was a placeholder. I really believe that Ross was a placeholder, but he had the opportunity to kick ass like any placeholder does. But he really wasn't Jed Hoyer's guy, you know. So that's that's what I believe. And, um, uh, you know, we're really happy to grab someone from our division like that. Our Brewer fans were even caught more off guard. So that was that was fun uh, being that I spent so much time in my life in Wisconsin. That was uh, that was fun to see. 
Um, I know that I, I think the Mets might have been trying to figure that out too. I don't know. You know more about that, but uh, yes. I think Council. If you just look in one-run games, he's got a, an amazing one-run game record, and and that's the kind of manager I think that we need at least going into this next year. Yeah, I mean he's a good manager. I I feel like you know he's gotten a little overrated where these teams covet him and and like he's this great manager. I think he's lost nine out of his last ten playoff games. Like all right, he always gets to the playoffs. Like well, he's in a crappy division. He's got pretty good pitching. Like it's not hard to win the division when you're like with the Pirates and the Reds and. All right, the Cardinals are usually good, but they weren't this year. The Cubs have taken a step back after, you know, six, seven years ago. It looked like they were on the brink of like a mini dynasty with all the young talent they had. So he just kind of wins that division by default with with good pitching. So um, it's always hard to tell how good a manager is too. Like you mentioned with Ross, unless you watch him every day, it's hard to really get a feel of like how good he is and, or how much they even matter. That's a whole, you know, whole other debate. You know, that that's a great point. And um, taking a little wind out of my sails there. But, but the truth is, is that, the fact that he doesn't have a lot of talent is it's almost like the way it's supposed to go. You got a team that maybe is yeah. talented. They don't have the resources as the bigger team and they got there. They're going to get beat by the sure. ta- talent eventually, like we saw in the world series. But um, you know, the fact that he gets there consistently is pretty cool. And the Cubs now have to spend, I mean, this is the year they have to spend the, put your money where your mouth is and uh, give console the tools finally. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a great season. I'm already excited for spring baseball down here in AZ. Um, that's always fun, bud. Yeah, it's uh, you know, that that'll be here before you know it too. And it'd be <laughs> nice if they grade some of these awards. I don't know if you bet any of these awards, man. These sit in my account from like last March, April, May, and they just they take forever to announce the awards. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's time to talk some football, though. I think this is what you brought me on for. This is yeah, a fun weekend, college, NFL. Where do you want? Where do you want to go? Here? Well, what's funny is it's great that you're on the show because for some reason I wish I tracked this. Will we always win when you're on the show? Yeah, I mean, let's this is... not jinx you. Let's whisper it. Let's just whisper it. Say a little quieter. I know it's just always been great weeks, so it's always reassuring. I feel good about it, but you know, of course, that, that could always go south. But you know, what's funny? An important talk topic that you alluded to is the amount of sports that we have. You know, I mean. From your mental aspect of it, it can get very overbearing. So we talk about this a lot, and it's always good to remind our listeners about what it is out there. There's NFL, there's college football, there's NBA now, there's NHL, golf. Now college basketball is just starting right when the time change happens. Um, how do you approach this from a mental aspect? And uh, what, what's your, I guess, basically basic philosophies on handicapping? I mean, we could do a whole podcast about this, and I'm curious to pick your brain too. That there's a saying, and this started. You, you texted me last night, you know, talking about what we're going to go over here, like college basketball. I was like, I'm just, I'm behind on college. I got to admit, like, I did well on college last year. I'll catch up. I'm betting some stuff live. I'm dipping my toe in the water, but I'm just, I'm not there yet. I'm betting so much football, NFL, college. There's so many teams. There's a saying, jack of all trades, but master of none. And you you can't do everything well. I don't. It, it's not about being a good handicapper or bad. It's just there's not enough hours in the day. There's too many teams where you can't be an expert at everything. So it is important to have a good network of people where you you know you share trade picks maybe or share information where hey I got this buddy who's good at you know in college basketball. I'm good in college football and we trade picks. That's a good way to approach it. But I just think it's it's important to focus what you're good on and make money on that. You know there's a a thought process where people say, hey, if you're not good at something, you should spend more time on it. I kind of go the other way where, hey, if you're not good on it, maybe you just scrap it all together and focus even more on the stuff you are good at it. So right. 
there's a lot to, to, to balance. There's only so many hours of the day. There's only there's, there's so many sports again with NFL futures, win totals, which I think you know NFL week to week in terms of the spreads, the 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 lines are very hard to beat. But if you look at some of the win totals, I think you can pick off some soft numbers. And again, betting being legal and more prevalent, they're just they're hanging more product. It becomes more beatable, I think, um, because you can't put a good line on everything. But yeah, it's just it's hard to do everything and do everything well. It's it, I, I think it's best to just focus what you're good on and and try to make the best of your time. Do you have, do you do you run into the same thing where hey, I there's no way there's not enough hours in the day where I can do all of this and do all of it at a high level, especially you know, you're doing content on it. You know, like I just said, family friends eating once in a while sleeping once in a while there's just there's only so many hours in the day yeah 1000 percent. and you know i have to turn down people that want to talk about nba and stuff sometimes because you know what my season doesn't start in the nba my nbc right. my nba season starts in the playoffs and i've been successful over the past few years doing it yeah i i tend to lose during the regular season because i'm so focused in college basketball and if you want to even go deeper I just specialize in the Big Ten, and of course, I will bet other teams in college basketball, but I try to focus somewhere at least I can try to get the information quick. Now, does people say that's a saturated conference and you should focus on the MEAC or something? Sure, but but on the other end of things, I'm getting lines earlier now. You know, I'm getting fast lines here, and I can react quicker to bigger conferences like that. So um, my Badgers are in the Big Ten, and that's who I follow, so why not try to specialize it? And I'm not afraid to bet against my favorite teams, as you know. And I think a little, you know, there's a little saying here, you know, less is more and uh, less that you concentrate on, the better you are at it. So less is more. And that's how I approach it. And I think you do too, Will. And you hit on something too, specialization. Hey, I'm only going to pick on the Big Ten. I'm only going to, you know, pick Big Ten games. I'm only going to pick Ivy League games. Like I'm willing to say, I'm willing to bet if you put all your you know, thought process, all your time into, Hey, I'm just going to bet the Ivy league this year. You probably do pretty well. If you're you know a savvy handicap, if you're just following that league. And that's the one thing we have as a better, we don't have to bet every game, every conference we can pick and choose when we start. Like you said, Hey, I'll start in the playoffs for NBA. I don't have to participate in the regular season. The ball's sort of in our court in terms of that. Yes. 100%. And, uh, you know, speaking about some of the stuff that's popping up, you mentioned loose lines, you know, um, is there any futures that kind of popped up in the NFL or college football that you, either took the last week or two or something that you, um, you're looking to take. I know yet you haven't been afraid to fire when the lines do get loose. I had a good feeling late last year that I could just sense the media narrative. And I think we, you, you, you didn't get the best of this uh, award when you had Doug Peterson for oh. the year, but I was like, I listen to these podcasts. I know they're going to give it to Dable. They love Dable. He has no talent. Dable almost became the star of the team uh, and for right or wrong. And that award is not like, uh, you know, aged well because he has not done a great job this year that oh, yes. it makes me that game. makes me angrier <laughs> well go to go to the you know go to the front desk and see if they'll cash your ticket be like you know what the giants have two wins maybe you could pay me out on this doug peterson bet but i think mike tomlin at 22 to 1 is sort of in that table category where he's kind of the star of the team you hear about the steelers and you think oh man what a great job tomlin's done not a lot of talent not a good quarterback they eat these games out it's almost like a magic act where he figures out a way to win these games you have to make the playoffs to win coach of the year. So D'Amico Ryan's already right, done a great job. If they get in, he'll be a candidate, but I don't know that they'll get in. Dan Campbell's the short shot. I get it, but they were minus money to win the division. Unless you're going to win like 14 games, usually the guy that's minus money to win the division, that's not the way to do it. It's the team that surprises, the team that overachieves. Tomlin's never won this award, so maybe there's a little bit of a narrative from, hey, we've done this guy wrong. He should have one. Uh, lifetime Achievement Award. Everybody likes him. And again, you're voting. You're not vote. You're, you're handicapping the voter here. You're handicapping the humans voting on this. I think if the Steelers eke their way into the playoffs with 
nine, 10 wins, which is not a given. They're still plus 140 to make it. But like, hey, if you're going to bet plus 140 to make it, I think Tomlin at 22 to one coach of the year is the much better bet. Yeah, I mean, Tomlin, if he gets in the playoffs, they're certainly going to think about him. That's, I mean, looking at the Steelers record, it doesn't match my power ratings on him. You know, it's just one of those no, situations. It never hey, does. No, it never, it never does. does. I know, but he, I, I could see them voting for him. And yeah, you were definitely right about what you just said about Dayball. I wish I thought about that. I wish I bet both. Um, and yes, it's showing that Doug Pearson is doing well. I wonder if Jacksonville does. And no, there's now probably, Peterson's probably less of a number. I'd have to relook at it. But I would wonder if they win the AFC and get the first round by. Um, they'd have to beat you know a few teams here. Obviously, Kansas City's the favorite. That maybe pretty wide would, open. Uh, would they consider him over because he made the playoffs last year or no? And he won his division last year. I'm thinking it's no. So hard. There's no uh, yeah. these criteria are so vague. It's like with comeback player of the year, offensive player of the year. It's it's so open to interpretation. And, and just pulled up the Steelers' schedule: home versus the Packers this week. They already have what five wins. So home versus the Packers this week. They have a home game against the Cardinals, a home game against the Patriots at the Colts. At the Ravens the last week, but you never know if that game even matters. Those games are always close. and You never know if it matters to the Ravens, and those games are always close anyway. Uh, they got the Bengals a couple times, so could they get to nine? I think ten would get you in. Nine would probably be a tiebreaker scenario. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's a good bet. I think it's it's a bad number, to be honest. I think it's too long. Yeah, that's great, and that's what you look for is numbers. I mean, if you bet Seattle to win their division three weeks ago, you would have got nine or ten to one. You know, now they're very right. now they're very low. So it's just like when are the numbers soft? And I love that approach here because anything can happen. Any quarterback can get injured. Second best team that you think maybe might not have a chance against that big first team. Well, uh, just keep in mind times change and Niners have three losses in a row. And so that's a pretty good example of and as well as Joe Burrow's MVP odds flying right. up as well. And you make a bet. It doesn't have to be the be all end all where you're married to it. Like hey, like you mentioned. You bet Seattle 10 to 1 to win the division a month ago. Well, now you get a number like last week where uh, before Seattle lost, it was down to minus 200 and give you maneuverability where, hey, I'm going to come back on the 49ers or it gives you an option to uh, just lock in a profit. So, yeah, you grab good numbers, you put yourself in a good position. Absolutely, 100%. Let's get into some college football, my man. It's a pretty good week of college. I cannot believe it's already week 11, Will, but uh, here Amazing. we are. It's uh, thinking about Thanksgiving already. Uh, amazing. It is amazing, and it flies by because we love it so much. But, you know, there's some really big games coming up this week, and I'm excited to talk a few about them. We both picked three, so we have a six-pack of games. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, I'll start with Appalachian State versus Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State's about a two-point favorite here at home. The total is 60.5. Um, I think there's a good reason why App State's not favored here. They're just not the App State that plays defense that we've seen in the past. Um, losing to Old Dominion, only beating Louisiana Monroe by one point is kind of telling to me. Uh, Georgia State has been pretty competitive. They beat Coastal Carolina on the road. Um, I know they kind of fell back behind Georgia Southern with that loss, but they're kind of still in it as long as that crazy James Madison ruling <laughs> doesn't come down and ruin them. We're all waiting on that because I do have a Georgia State ticket, but right now Georgia Southern's in the lead here, but going back to this game, there's a lot of red flags to me. Um, Georgia State ranks 117th in defensive success rate against the pass. App State is a passing team. They rank 15th in passing play success rate. I think they score points. Now on the other side of the thing, Appalachian State thrives on passing the ball, but their run game is terrible on both sides. The Mountaineers ranked 90th in offensive success rate 
and a horrible 113th on defense. They give up 5.5 rushing yards per attempt, but the Panthers rank 33rd in yards per rush at 4.84. Big thanks to quarterback Darren Granger. So I see both teams scoring a lot of points. Um, Obviously, you can tell what I'm going towards here, but then you go to explosive plays. Both teams rank in the top 26 in offensive explosiveness, and both teams rank on defense 105 or worse. I mean, I'm just seeing points here. The the 60.5 is not scaring me. It's a big game for them. I'm I'm going over 60.5 for a couple stars, bud. Yep, I uh, I can certainly understand it. And, you know, the one time I really watched Appalachian State a lot was against North Carolina. I think that was 40-34 in overtime, something like that. They had 500 yards of offense. Uh, it hasn't aged as well with, with how poorly North Carolina's played recently, but I uh, could certainly understand your look. So, so am I up next here? You are next. Let's go OK State. Oklahoma State off the big upset last week at UCF. You know, I wrote three because some threes popped, but you can use whatever line you want, two and a half or three. Pretty high total here at 64. What do you have for this one? Yeah, and you mentioned it's around a key number and the importance of shopping, having multiple books. It's not just who you bet. It's when you bet them, where you bet them. And look, those points, those half points add up over the course of a season. A lot of games land around the number. We know that. So um, I like the dog here. I like UCF. I just, uh, you know, last week they could have easily lost that game to Oklahoma. I, I just... I had Oklahoma State that week against South Alabama. I know South Alabama had some starters out, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to take. I'm going to lay the points. I think it was six and a half or seven with Oklahoma State. A couple of buddies were like, hey, South Alabama's all beat up, and you look up, and it was 33 to seven. South Alabama it might have been 36 to seven. South Alabama destroyed them in Oklahoma State, and you know, one of my buddies texted me, man, I'd hate to see South Alabama when they're healthy. But um, I digress here. I just think this is a letdown spot for Oak State. I don't know how good they are. To me, I, I know you're going to worry about the UCF run defense, but just a total flat spot going on the road after a big upset win against Oklahoma. Was happy they won that game. Was happy, you know, Gundy won. He really struggled against Oklahoma, but this is just a typical letdown spot. So I will take the dog here, UCF. Give me the plus three. Shop around, obviously, but um, three is obviously the better number here. I love it, man. You know, this goes to, like, my roots, like the handicapping 101 roots, bro. You mean you said it all. I mean, this is a massive letdown spot. They just beat yep. their rival. But not only that, only them and Texas have one loss in the Big 12. And the next teams are Kansas and Oklahoma with two losses. So if Oklahoma State drops a game, they are still in the Big 12 title game. You know, they're in Amazing. the because uh, they beat Kansas and Oklahoma. So that is just a this spot is the most letdown of letdown spots that I've seen in a very long time. But if you go and look at a few other things, the turnover differential is plus five for Oklahoma State. They've been fortunate, minus five for UCF. They just got to clean that up a little bit. Huge spot for UCF. They almost beat Oklahoma recently. Now, if you want to talk at yards per play, just the most basic stat we always went to back in the day 1.21 net yards per play for UCF. You know, that's a big difference. That's a massive difference here. They win this game. It's not even, I'm not worried about the spread. I'll take the plus three. It's two and a half. I like that as well. But this is uh, just spot screams at me. And I don't even think the public can take this past uh, the three. I think it's, if you you should shop, uh, I don't think it's going to get much passed down two and a half until Friday. Now at Friday, if you can only get a two and a half, then maybe I would, I would hit a two and a half, but yeah, I think that I think you put a little bit on the money line as well, Will. I love it. Great, great find on that one. I'm going to move into a disgusting game, and uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> dude. This is borderline sicko. 
All right? Because any game in the Big Ten West should be considered a sicko game from here on out. I mean, the, I'm sorry. I'm a Badger fan, and I have to admit this. This this division sucks. And James Madison would just whip every single team in the Big Ten West right now. And that is sad to say, my friend. But that is the truth. Um, <laughs> Minnesota versus Purdue. And this is Pickham, and the total is 46 and a half. Minnesota's coming off that heartbreaking loss to Illinois. They gave up the touchdown in the last minute of the game at home. Purdue coming off a pretty respectable first half against Michigan, and then they eventually crumbled, but it was at Michigan. I'm cool with that. But both these teams, if you look on paper, are pretty equal, but Purdue actually has a little bit of an edge in offense. 84th in success rate. Minnesota is 98th in success rate. Their defense is almost identical for the numbers. Their yards per play is very identical. Why is this pick them, uh, is what I ask. Uh, their strength of schedules, you know, I'd say Purdue's is better because they faced both Ohio State and Michigan on the road, while Minnesota, they just got Michigan at home, you know, and they got them at home. And they didn't play Ohio State, and they went, their other hardest game was going to North Carolina. They got blown out at North Carolina. I'm going to give them a whole edge here. Late afternoon game, it's going to be nighttime by the second quarter. I'm taking Purdue in a pick and spot, my friend. I have to. Yep, I uh, I show a little value on Purdue here too. I think at home they get it done. What was it a couple weeks ago against Nebraska? Everyone bet them like they knew the final score and it didn't work out. But I'm going back to them here. This is actually that was one I was thinking about taking, but you took it, so uh, we we have agreement here on Purdue. All right, baby, let's go Boilermakers for the week. Now, this next game you picked, and I love it because this was one of the teams that I've been watching for a while. I did hit on them recently. I wish I didn't lay off them last week. I got scared when that line was almost down to pick them, but apparently they took care of business anyway. The Arizona Wildcats with Jed Fish against Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffs, and you're looking at Colorado, and I never would have thought this, especially after Colorado's first three games, that they'd be a home dog to Arizona plus 10.5. My worry is, I, I asked myself, but I've been asking myself this the last few weeks, is Arizona getting too expensive here, Will? What do you think about this one? I don't think they are. This has been my little darling team. If you listen to the Bear Bets podcast, it's week in, week out. Arizona and Arizona State, they just continue to be undervalued. I, I don't know. Like Arizona might be the second best team in the Pac-12 right now. They are so good. Um, th this team is so underrated. I don't know how long they can keep that coach around for. Uh, but to me, Colorado, look, the bloom is off the rose. All sorts of issues. Coaching staff, offensive line, they are putrid defensively. They've gotten a couple of backdoors in the past couple of weeks. But to me, this is Arizona. Arizona going away. You're not getting the best of the number. It opened 9.5, 10. That was light. There's a reason it got bet up. Arizona's going to win this game by two touchdowns plus. So don't like to lay this many points on the road, especially in a conference game, but that's what I'm doing. I'm laying it here with Arizona. No, I love it. It actually went just down to 10, so some contrarian money came in. Probably just number hunters. See a 10.5, grab the ten, grab the 10.5. I, like I like it even more at minus 10. I can't see this going down much more, and um, now I'm really tempted to take it here. I, the thing with Arizona is that they just match up so well against Colorado. If you take away the first three or four games they played when Jaden Delora was in throwing picks before Fafita, their numbers are way better than they even look right now. So I have to go to a recency bias here. And if that's the case and teams are blowing out Colorado, why will Arizona not blow out Colorado? I think if Arizona played USC today, now that their quarterback has their feet wet, they beat USC um, at USC anywhere in the planet. So I love Arizona. And their losses are coin flips 
too. I mean, their losses could have gone either way. Yeah, for sure. They've been great. And they caught up to Washington, too, at home when they were just uh, switching yep. quarterbacks, too. So, he, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, definitely not going the other way, but I'm going to consider Arizona for sure here after the show. Let's move on to uh, the biggest game of the weekend. I think, anyway, as a Big Ten fan. But uh, I hope the number's still here because when I write this stuff down, you know, things tend to move, Will. Uh, Michigan versus Penn State. Penn State's plus four and a half. The total on this baby is 44.5. Now, I, you know, you can say stay away from the big game sometimes, but yeah, when you're looking at a dog like this in a in a Big Ten where there's only three players, you have to take take it to uh, consideration. And I did bet this early, and I got a much better number, but I still like it uh, at this number, and you can probably just tell the direction I'm going with this. Um, Penn State's been called a bully, you know, and uh, the total, I think, is kind of where it belongs, Will. But is Michigan not a bully? I mean, they're kind of doing the same stuff and living off the same stuff that Franklin's doing. It's just that Harbaugh is getting a little bit more respect on that side, probably because of the craziness that's going on with the distractions. They're not even talking about how they're, you know, just blown away weak teams. Some people are, the, the sports bettors are. And yeah, Michigan has not played a team either. It's it's actually much worse. Um at least Penn State has played Ohio State, right? Penn State played West Virginia. Michigan's played nobody. But I, I will admit, they still took care of business from a power rating standpoint for my power ratings to bring them to number one. And I will say that I have them as the number one team. I don't choose to do this. It's just the numbers. They, they've beat the teams by enough. But at the same time, we have to remember the Big Ten is very weak, except for those top three teams. And um, the problem with Michigan here is they're facing a very good defense. As a matter of fact, Penn State's got the number one defense in success rate. Michigan's is number two, but Penn State's is number one. And uh, Michigan's got an offensive yards per play advantage, six, 6.8 to 5.2. But how much of that is baked in because they didn't play Ohio State is my question. Probably a decent amount. Maybe it's not a full 1.4, 1.6 or anything. But I think some of that is baked in. Now, in a big situation for Michigan, they always really have Ohio State on their mind. Are you going to want to lay past three points against the number one defense when you're 132nd in tempo, the second slowest team? That's a terrible idea. You know, I, I'm really looking to Penn State here. Um, Michigan's offensive line, that's where they've been bullying everybody. They're going to struggle against Penn State's defensive line. Penn State is a fantastic defensive line. And if you want to, if you really go back to the Ohio State game, that massive drive was based upon a lot of penalties. You know, I don't think they're going to get penalized as much at home. And uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I think the total, that's why you see it at 44.5. But if there's anything with Michigan right now, it's distractions going on with Spygate 2.0, you know, the Harbaugh Spygate here. I, I only see hurt for this team. I'm taking Penn State. I still like it at 4.5. I think that Penn State is a shot to win this game. It's a three-point game, Will. This was my one big future before the year was Penn State to win it all. They just that Ohio State performance put such a sour taste in my mouth that I admit I have to see it before I believe it. Sort of like the Dolphins last week versus the Chiefs. I was like, who the hell are the Dolphins to be a pick them against the Chiefs? Like, I need to see it first. I wouldn't fade you here. I like the under though. I mean, I, I don't think either team can really move the ball consistently. We really, like you said, we really don't know much about Michigan. We they haven't proven anything. Penn State has a lot to prove. To me, this is a twenty to sixteen, twenty to seventeen type of game, low scoring. So to me, it's an under game. Yeah, the under even points more towards the dog. So I'm with you as well. Uh, the under 
no chance I'm going over in this game. I think there, there should be some just uh, very, very lethargic play. You know, these, these teams, especially Penn State, is not explosive. You know, they don't have a lot of explosive plays. They just kind of inch away, and their games get over pretty quickly from a time basis. So with you on the under for sure. Um, 44 is kind of key too. You know, if you, uh, I, I went down if this closes at 43 and a half. So this might go down even more in the cold weather here in Pennsylvania. All right. The final game that we're going to talk about Kentucky versus Alabama. Bama is plus 10.5. I believe this is in Kentucky too. They're a road chalk. So Kentucky's plus 10.5. I don't know why he's wrote Kentucky versus Bama. It's Bama versus Kentucky. Total is 48. Will, what do you have for this one? Yeah, another letdown spot. We talked about it with Oklahoma State, UCF. This is a big letdown spot. They beat LSU. Everyone is, you know, on the Bama bandwagon. Hey, they're a sleeper at nine to one to win the title. Down to six to one. They were fourteen to one a couple weeks ago. I still don't think this is a vintage Bama defense. Not a vintage Bama team. They're not great at quarterback or receiver. They're just a good team. They're getting by. They're improving. But to me, Kentucky, a little under the radar. Leary's finally getting healthier. Remember, he had some big moments for NC State, but he was dealing with a pec injury. Um, early in the season for most of the season. So his numbers are all diminished. The numbers aren't going to like him, but he's getting healthier. He's played well recently. A letdown spot, 10 and a half the key number. I will take the dog here. I'll take Kentucky plus the points. I think it's a close game. You know, I want to make sure Larry Leary's in because he did have that I say problem after getting popped last week and then he re-left the game. So I am a little concerned about that. Um, I'm going to look for his uh, health on this one. It's a massive letdown spot for Bama being after beating LSU. And it's just like, now you got to go on the road and face Kentucky. And they, this is kind of what Kentucky does at home. You know, they're a terrible road team, good home team. I want to find out more about Leary, but um, Bama's offense is easy to figure out. Will I think um, they go deep or they go small, right? There's no uh, mill road doesn't throw in the middle of the field. So you play cover two deep high shell, and then you have your linebackers up to cheat against the run. Any small dinking and dunking uh, plays, they you try to stop and you make Milrow beat you with his arm. Maybe like a little spy campaign you put on him. So if they if the next team that does that successfully is going to have Bama on their heels again, just like Texas did. So um, <laughs> I'm, it's going to be a great game. My power rings is close to the number, so not sure I'm going to get involved until I find out a little bit more about Leary, but I see where I see what you're going with here. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Stoops did say he's playing. Stoops said he's practicing and he'll be a hundred percent. And we know coaches are always completely honest, but he did say he's going to play. <laughs> coaches are honest. I got burned on that last week, by the way, a dishonest coach. I can't remember who that was. Um, yeah, never mind. But uh, no, that's great. Um, it's going to be see. There's some good games this weekend. I'm real happy to watch uh, Bama versus Kentucky as well because Penn State versus uh, Michigan is early. Because nobody wants the whiteout no more, Will. Nobody wants to deal with Penn State in that stadium in Happy Valley at night because I wouldn't want to either. That's like an extra two to three points of home field advantage in that situation. The, the coaches finally got smart on that one, bud. It's amazing how much T-shirts can be worth to the point spread. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, the T-shirts are just just looking at that maybe blinds you a little bit. Yeah, it's like you can't see anything no more. There's probably some trickery going on, so some Harbaugh-style trickery in Penn State there, we'll, we'll say. Maybe will James Franklin, same deal. All right, well, that we covered all that. Let's move on to some NFL then, my man, since I have you and uh, you specialize in both. Uh, we'll just kind of go through the games a little bit, and you can pass if you like. What's funny is about this uh, amazing Thursday game that they gave us, uh, 
you know, it's going to be probably the most watched Thursday game in history between the Carolina Panthers versus the Chicago Bears. I mean, it makes me sick just to say that, dude. Carolina Panthers versus Chicago Bears. I think I have them in this is like the 30th and 32nd worst team in, the, in all of football. We have to endure this. I'm glad it's stuck on Amazon where I can't change the channel because this is not this is not even going to get demoted to my iPad. This is going to get demoted to like a secondary phone sit next to me while I watch college football but uh, either way it's an ugly game they just announced that Fields isn't even in I said there was only going to be a a, there was a 65 chance percent chance that it'll be Fields 35 percent badge and but apparently it's not Fields so uh what is your thoughts on that one anytime two teams are coming off games where they're plagued by turnovers and the Bears were minus five in turnovers with you know five turnovers compared to none against the Saints a game they cut them probably one believe it or not in badges but okay but you have a bear team coming off five turnovers and you have a, a Panthers team coming off a game where they lose by 14 where they didn't give up many yards the problem is they threw two interceptions for touchdowns they threw three interceptions overall I think you're gonna have these coaches preaching ball security be a little more conservative on offense. Uh, to me, this is an under. It's coming down. Part of that's fields. Part of that is it was just too high to begin with. But what, 38 and a half, 39, shop around. Um, but I would go under here. To me, this is like a 20 to 17 type of game. I lean towards the dog, too. Yeah, 38 and a half here total. Um, you got to lean dog when there's two. Ba- there's there's a rule I always follow. Two bad teams playing each other, you take the points, you know, no matter what. It's the first inclination that you'd have now. I will say that the Panthers' defense kind of did their job against the Colts. It was it was the fact that the Colts really intercepted them twice and ran to to pick six. It right. Um, these the problem with the Panthers. Even if you're thinking take dog, their injury report is so long right Ugly. now. It is disgusting. It's almost like the Bears, which might be a a third string team, is playing a team that is absolutely riddled. I'm just on ESPN.com, but just look at this, man. LaVisca Chenault is out. Steven Sullivan, C.J. Henderson, Brian Burns. Uh, there are a ton of their deep. Look at all these linebackers they went through right here. There's like five in a row just in November. That is that is IR status. J.C. Horn, they're very good cornerbacks, not ready to come back yet. This is disgusting, and... This would be the only time that I would think maybe I would take the Bears, but they just announced Tyson Badgent is in, and there's no way in hell I would take him at three and a half. At three, I, I would still lean them, but, man, probably a best stay away from this game. And not even watch it, Will. What do you think about that? Just rebel against the NFL here. you got to catch up on sleep at some point, so this might be a good <laughs> night to do it. Although I haven't, I haven't been, you know, I don't think Badgett's been terrible. He's at least looks like a career backup to me. Like he can stick around in the league. I've seen worse than him. That's that's a low bar considering the, the state of the quarterback in the NFL, but he has been awful. Oh, he did great except for his five turnovers. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, it's like uh, he. Well, I mean, he's played three games. He's covered twice. He's won a game. I mean, Fields, yeah. this is his third year as a starter. Fields has won six games, so he's winning two games a year. Badgett's already won one, so I don't know. Like, again, he's not a starter, but Badgett can be a backup, uh, you know, for, for I agree. For I, I, th- I think he's doing actually really well for his first year, too. It's just two bad situations. One's favored. You know, that's the, the first thing we look at. But here's another disgusting game, and they throw him in Germany. I mean, Going from Miami and Kansas City is a little bit different than the Colts and the Patriots here. And now you're hearing all this craziness about Belichick and how he could be fired. I don't buy that for one freaking second. I I think Kraft firing Belichick is just disrespectful if that happened during the regular season. But at the same time, the fact that that story's going around is probably meant more to fire this freaking team up because the Patriots have been absolutely disgusting too. And the Colts have been actually somewhat formidable with Garner Minshew here. And uh, the Colts for finally 
for once I feel like over these years is actually healthy on defense. Shaq Leonard's actually been playing games. I can't believe it, you know. And uh, they've been playing very good defense. But, man, this this game screams teaser leg to me because I just do not see in Germany, even with some backup linemen, because New England does have cluster injuries in the offensive line, I don't see him losing them by a lot of points. Now, don't need to get in the numbers here. Uh, it's a teaser leg. You take the one and a half up to seven and a half, Will. No doubt. Uh, and it's sometimes, you know, I feel giving out teasers is a little bit boring for content. So I try to stay away from it. But hey, it's a betting show and we're trying to make money. Yeah. The teaser's the way to go here. That's the bottom line. And I, I feel like it's boring and I, I hate giving them out because it's like, you know, it's just so obvious. It's so mechanical. You go through the three, you go through the seven. But hey, you want to you, you want to make money? Teasers has been the way to go in this league. Now they don't all hit nothing. Nothing's 100%. But yeah, this. In a league where points are hard to come by, games are close, games are low scoring, these points are so valuable. So it would be a teaser leg, nothing else. And, yeah, this is uh, this will be on TV. It's football. We can watch it. We can bet on it. But, yeah, the days of Peyton Manning versus, versus uh, Tom Brady have <laughs> come and passed. So, yep, I'm, I'm with you. Patriots is a teaser leg. I guess we got to find a partner, and we'll get to the games. The Vikings are a good one. Cardinals are a good one. Um, Raiders are a good one if you still get the one and a half. So there are options out there. 100%. Let's move on to the next game. Browns versus the Ravens, and we're looking at six and a half for the line for the Cleveland Browns, and the total is pretty low at 38.5. Why don't you get started on this one? I think the Ravens roll here. I haven't liked anything I've seen from Watson. He's been awful. Last last week didn't impress me. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. It was the layoff. Now it's the injury. Uh, I, he just It might be a situation where he's past his prime. I mean, he was not impressive last week, so Baltimore, their numbers jump off at the page, jump the jump off the page at you. Um, they've been dominant. They could easily be undefeated. I think Baltimore winning this game by a touchdown is reasonable. So it would be Ravens for me. I haven't bet it yet, but I'll, I'll probably end up betting Baltimore here. This morning, my first bet was Baltimore minus six because I see this moving up to minus seven here. Um, the shoes on the other foot, buddy. Um, not remember how it used to be the Ravens that were just beat up and unhealthy by this time. Right. Not, now it's the Browns because Deshaun Watson's back, but he, the dude is still rusty. Yeah, I don't care what you say. He's rusty. But now that Jedrick Wills just went on IR from last game, Conklin was their other best guy that's been on IR, and he's not coming back. And then they lost Michael Dunn back in October. That's cluster injuries now. And you are not stopping this pass rush, you know, coming on in from Baltimore. And Deshaun Watson, as good as a runner he used to be, I don't think he's that guy anymore. I think he's going to try to sit there and pass the ball and play wrong. While if there's any team that can beat the Cleveland Browns defense, it is Lamar Jackson because once, you know, Miles Garrett and the, and the rest of the guys get up there, he will just take off. And they also have some really good scheme plays that beat him. I, I'll admit I was on the Browns at home that first game with DTR. And DTR looked bad, but it was also because he had no time to throw the ball. Um, this is an easy spot for me to bet the Ravens here. The Browns coming off fat and happy and a large win. Uh, the Ravens kind of coming in just high and healthy. And, and Todd Munkin's just been fantastic so far. Love the Ravens. And I like them up to seven. So I think this is going to close at seven, Will. Yep. And, and the one pushback people listen, like, oh, man, it's a good defense. You hate laying that big of a number against a good defense. So you do factor that in. That's what's giving me a little pause. But um, certainly, certainly it's Ravens or nothing for me. I'll probably end up betting. betting Baltimore should probably get it in pretty soon here, too. Yeah, you should. And this under could go lower than 38 and a half, too, because yeah. I don't see Cleveland scoring much this game. I think both, you know, this is the number one and number two defense in the league here right now. So it's one of those situations. This, this is a little bit high for that. Uh, Texans versus Bengals. Bengals minus six and a half, totals 47 and a half. Um, 
I took the Texans when they laid the eight on Sunday. That was easy. Um, I, I don't like it at six and a half. I mean, to be honest with you, I'd switch to the Bengals if I had a lean. I'm not going to bet the Bengals at six and a half. Uh, Bengals way better than um, any metric shows. You if you have to look at a recency thing because Joe Burrow was hurt for the first three games. He had no preseason, and that's just how the Bengals start. But I'll tell you this, the Bengals are that team that beats – the good teams, and then they stink and lay stinkers against the teams that are mediocre, kind of like the Houston Texans. And how is C.J. Stroud this year, man? I'm, I'm so glad that I picked him as my best quarterback coming out of the draft, and I picked him in my dynasty league over Bryce Young, and it's turned out really good for me so far. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little patting myself on the back right there, Will. But uh, I will Don't pull a muck. Oh my goodness! You're gonna pull pull muscle patterns. I know, I know. I gotta be careful, but no, it's uh, you know, it's it's right now. It's at a number where I, it's respectable to me. So um, I think the total on this is probably right where it's supposed to be too. I mean, uh, Bengals could be a little bit resilient, not or not resilient on defense. I think C.J. Stroud can find some holes. I think Joe Burrow can find some holes against this D, like you saw last week, while the Texans had to come back against Baker. So, what are your thoughts? Pass at seven, I'd be interested in Houston. If we're doing six and a half, it's a pass. Um, it, it would be dog or nothing for all the reasons you mentioned, though. I think you find some sevens if you shop around, too. And I think yep. this, this will this get back to seven, too, in my opinion, as well. Uh, Niners, Jags, this is fun because you got the Jags at six and two, yet they're plus three dogs at home. You know, it, it's almost like that whole thing where, you know, they're six and two, they have the better record, yet um, they're dogs. That's when you pound the Niners in <laughs> situations like that. Uh, but then again, the Niners showed a little weakness. But what sucks is I almost wish that uh, I could have had the Jaguars while the Niners won two or three games in a row and you're getting a five and a half or six here, then I'd probably be more interested in the Jags. I understand this line, Will. Um, not a lot for me here. I didn't touch it, and the total is probably good for me at 45. But I don't know. Um, I, I, one thing I like about the Jags is that they do get rid of the ball fast. Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys that don't hold the ball long, so that diminishes the Joey Bosa and Chase Young a little bit, but it's a better spot for the Niners off the bye. Maybe the best game of the weekend to watch. Maybe the worst game of the weekend to bet. The line is good. I don't want to step in front of the San Francisco team off a bye, off three straight losses, out for blood. They're getting healthier. I mean, just naturally, be, hey, two good teams. I'll take the plus three at home with a team as good as Jacksonville. I'm not step, I'm not stepping in front of San Fran. Easy pass for me. Yeah, I can see uh, Lawrence having one of those two pick games too in this situation. Sure. Maybe maybe Lawrence throws an interception would be a good prop play um, in this one as well. I, I see Debo Samuel back too. Yeah, this is perfect line. Uh, Packers Steelers. Now this is back down to three here. Oh. <laughs> here you go. You're Mike Tomlin. Uh, Steelers are laying a lot of points in my opinion for not showing mm -hmm. exactly what they are. I mean. As bad as the Packers have been, my metrics don't get this to a three. I mean, I have this at pick them here. So, I mean, you can obviously see which way I lean on this. Now, when this did hit a three and a half, I sniffed it. Um, I had no problem doing that. But at three, it's, uh, you know, I can see it. I can see it landing on three and pushing a lot more often than not. But I still lean the Packers in this situation. Um, I think the wrong team is probably f maybe even favored. But um, it's hard to bet the Packers because Jordan Loves looks that bad and they look completely incompetent. And, um, you know, when they came off the bye, they went to Denver. I thought that was a good spot. No, they laid the egg. So uh, I think the Packers might be trending up a little bit, though. And, no, it's like when the Steelers are favorite is when they kind of fail. So maybe you have something better than I do. Yep. Tomlin's always been good as a dog, good off a loss, but off of a win and as off of a favorite, I cannot lay points with this team. There's a three and a half at Rivers. 
I might have to scoop that up. To me, it's a dog here. I like Green Bay. All right, wonderful. Good stuff. Let's move on to another game that was a team that was quite amazing last week, and maybe it was more the quarterback that was amazing. Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings are plus two and a half dogs here against the Saints. The total is 41. Uh, You know a little bit more about the Vikings than me. Um, I'll I'll let you get started on this one. I'm going to be using this game, and I'm guessing you're using it the same way I am. Yeah, I mean, when one and a half, two and a half, why lay it? Why take it? Just te- just tease the two and a half up. This should be a close game. The Saints don't inspire any confidence. I mean, they were plus five in turnovers, five to zero in the turnover category, and still couldn't cover. That was a very strange game. That's one of the few times that's happened in NFL history to be plus five and to not even cover. Badgett moved the ball up on them, up and down on them. Dobbs is going to have another week under his belt with the playbook. I have no idea who wins, but like I, like you said, great teaser leg for the Vikings. Somebody probably wins this game by a field goal. Six points, seven points, should be a one-score game. I'll take Minnesota here, plus the, uh, on a teaser leg with you know Cardinals or some of the games we mentioned. I almost want to take Minnesota, and I hope this gets up to three. And I I agree with the teaser leg. I'll be using him as a teaser. Uh, that Saints game, if the Bears only have three turnovers, they probably win that game. You know, I mean the Saints are just frauds in my opinion. I think that Derek Carr is a mess, and now they're using Taysom Hill again at the goal line. Any team should be able to figure it out. But here's the thing about Dobbs. He started good with the Cardinals, and he kind of faded. But he had no talent around him in the Cardinals. Nothing. He was right. running for his life. He's got talent on this offense in the Vikings. And he's got good running back in Madison. I know they lost Akers, but they have a few other guys. They assigned someone as well. And uh, they have a decent offensive line. And guess who's back? Justin Jefferson. He's coming back. I'm not sure he's playing this week, but he's off, coming off the IR. So I would guess he's going to play here. I think this is going to be a big spot for them. The miracle in Minnesota was it the miracle in Minnesota? Is that what they called it against the Saints? Minneapolis miracle. Minneapolis miracle. That's it. Uh, you know, maybe you'll get one of those. I like the Vikings to win this game personally, but it's just two and a half a screaming teaser. Let's tease that baby all the way up to eight and a half. All right, here's another ugly game: Titans versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Bucks are laying minus one. The total is thirty-eight point five. The Bucks. With that immense choke last week, and of course there was no field goal kicker, and uh, my laying two and a half, I went from yes to oh, taking the knee. <laughs> I that was one of those ones. I'm cruel like, world. I, I was it's a cruel business. I should have took the money line. I, I do take the money line a lot, and I just hunt around for the minus one twenty five instead of laying right. the minus one thirty five, minus one forty when it's like minus two and a half. I I, I look for it, but I, I that time I didn't, and it bit me, but. Uh, also, contest-wise, that was my only loss in the contest last week. But um, either way, it's Tampa Bay uh, coming off a heartbreaking loss, and you have the Titans coming off a bye. Um, I, I wish this was in teaser territory right now. It's uh, kind of at one. I think it'll go maybe back to teaser territory. I think people are going to bet on the Bucks just because Will Levis is playing. We don't know enough about Will Levis, in my opinion. Rabel coming off the bye is usually pretty good. Total of 38. I'm passing this game, to be honest. Maybe you have something better than me. This is such an easy pass. I have want nothing to do with this game. I want no part. I, I don't even know where to start with this game. I mean, just typical NFL where, you know, probably close, probably low scoring. I mean, if you have some angle on it, God bless you. The Bucks have come back down to earth. I, they were three and one right now, three and five. Somehow still in the mix in that division. Levis has had his moments where he's looked good, but nothing for me here. Nothing with any conviction. I don't know how anybody bets this game with any conviction, to be honest. I don't know what's worse to bet: Titans, Bucks, or 49ers, Jags. You know, this is yeah. this is just 
two well lined. At least games. if you bet San Francisco, Jacksonville, you get to watch that game. If you have to sit there <laughs> through this one, man, it's tough. Please don't let this distract you. You know, don't 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 right. let your afternoon be ruined because of this game. It's not a still morning game, actually. Don't let your, little, don't let your morning be ruined by betting this ugly game. Uh, here's a game that wow, this line seriously moved. Uh, Lions at Chargers. Chargers yeah. plus three total, forty eight and a half. I mean, I'm going to let you go first. Not this line move. I have to think a little bit more. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised Detroit took money. I was on yesterday. I was like, man, Detroit, one and a half. That's cheap. They're better on offense, better on defense. They're just the better team. You don't give the Chargers anything for home field. Not looking to die three. So I'll, I'll call it Lions money line here. If I had to, I'd, I'd lay it. Chargers, they play nothing but close games. And they've strung some wins together, but that wasn't pretty against the Jets the other night. Seven fumbles. They recovered six of them. They got a punt return touchdown. They got outgained yards for play, total yards. So to me, this is uh, this is one of the last tough games Detroit has. The schedule after this for Detroit, man, it gets super easy. Um, I think Detroit wins this game, though. I'm just not not crazy about laying a field goal, especially with the Chargers, who just so you know just so prone to playing close games. Kind of pissed at three. I was wanting to use this for the contest, um, but it's going to be on Detroit. Game. Yeah. Well, I, this was yeah. the second bet I made. Um, I bet I bet Detroit money line minus one fifteen. So it's basically pick them. Adding five cents, it was. I gave that Good out. Bet. Gave that on Sunday, but but you know the the reason I did is because the way I said it is even if the Chargers beat the Jets, that number is not going to go in their favor because they're on a short week. Now, the, what the, what would be worse if the Jets beat the Chargers? Then Detroit's going to sky up rocket the three right away. So I'm like, I'm taking this before the game, and it worked out, and that's how you bet. You know, you put yourself in those situations. Um, yeah, it's right now getting the three. It's it's a little bit more interesting, I would say. Um, I think my pure numbers have this uh, Lions minus three and a half. Um, I don't. Yep. I don't give much home field for the Chargers. Uh, I don't think people give them any home field. Really, you're going to have plenty of Detroit fans is there there as well. Um, that th- you can't bet Staley. Uh, there's no way. Um, uh, three and a half. I would. I would need a three and a half if I wanted to consider any buyback, and it would be. It wouldn't even be a full buyback for me at that situation. So um, I think my number, Agreed. I think my number is three and a half. But yeah, I wish this was uh, two and a half. And I think if you shop around and you're still listening to this, you go look for two and a half. I like it on the money line better than anything. But two and a half is not bad either. Yep. All right, uh, Falcons Cardinals. Cardinals plus one and a half total forty three point five. Looks like Kyler Murray, <laughs> unlike Justin Fields, should be playing this game. As a matter of fact, I talked to my neighbor who is works for the Cardinals, and he said yes. So, uh, <laughs> what are your he thoughts? Murray's playing. Murray is playing. Yeah, he's going to start. Okay. Yeah, he's going to start. Um, I'm curious about Connor. I was, I, I was, I forgot I was going to ask him about Connor, but I never did. But either way, maybe uh, you have a play on this. This is I don't yet, but I have a lean. I withdraw my comment about the, being the other two games being the most unbettable. This might be the most unbettable. <laughs> Cardinals on a teaser is fine. Maybe it, once the props come up, Murray on an under rushing yards prop because who knows if he's 100. Like I'm sure he's 100, percent but is he going to start running right away and be? know where he was when he got hurt i don't know maybe you can explain to me why they're playing him do they just not want caleb williams i don't get it i i know you want to see you know what you have with him or whatever but my goodness you're you're probably he's probably going to win a game maybe two and i know the rest of the team thinks but he's probably going to win you a game or two and cost you the first or second pick so not sure what they're doing here there's no numbers that say that the cardinals are the side because you're looking at it without kyler murray um the question is, what's Kyler Murray worth to this line? Because let's pretend that we're just going by what Josh Dobbs did. Obviously, the awful performance from Clayton Toon. I still have Atlanta minus 3.7 with giving – and that's even given the Cardinals 1.5. 
for home field advantage. Um, is Kyler Murray worth 3.7 points? Probably. But he's also worth negative seven points if he if he stinks, you know. It's, it's right. just like you said; it's a lot of variance in this game. I even I don't even feel comfortable using the plus one and a half as a teaser because I don't know what to expect. The, the Falcons off that heartbreaking loss last week to Houston, where they should have won that game, um, or the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings. Uh, yeah, they lost to the Vikings. I was confusing the other two. There was really two good finishes there. 43 and a half is the total here, which is also a perfect number, too, because we don't know what to expect. But I will say that if the if the Falcons kind of jump them, maybe I'd lie about the Falcons. Um, you know, it's a situation where the Falcons really like to run the clock and kind of run the ball a little bit with their, you know, Algier and Robinson and, uh, you know, their great running game there. I will say that Heineke is better than Ritter. Um, so sure. so I used to say earlier this year, Will, that if the Falcons are behind, bet the other team live. I'm not sure if I have that philosophy anymore. I think Heineke kind of can throw picks, but he can throw them back into a game. So I think that's interesting too. I'm going to lean I'm gonna lean the Falcons, uh, but I don't like it. Um, Murray, they, they might rally for this game after that disgusting 58 total yards of offense last Whew. week. You know, that is... I mean, after that embarrassment, you got to get up and pick yourself up. So this is kind of unbettable, too. I understand totally what you mean by that. Uh, moving on to another New York team now, uh, Giants at Cowboys. Minus 16, total 38 and a half. There's only one question to ask you. Is this going to be the number one survivor play for everybody? And would you be scared to – would you think about a strategy not using them I did. I thought about that. No, I'm using the Cowboys in my my survivor because if I'm wrong about this, then all hell should break loose and I should lose anyway. I, I don't see any chance that the Giants are in this game. I laid the 16 with Dallas. They are a bully. <laughs> they beat them 40 nothing with Jones. And hey, say what you want about Jones. Jones at least won a playoff game. I mean, this kid, DeVito, we know him from college. He's not an NFL quarterback. Maybe you see Mark, Matt Barkley. And that's the state of the Giants right now. If they played Matt Barkley, that would scare me more, obviously, than this kid. Hopefully, they, they leave DeVito in there. Dallas, when they get up on these teams, you know, they, they get after the quarterback. They can score on defense. They're such a front-running team. Uh, I think they'll have this number covered by half. They're coming off a loss. To me, this has like, I don't know, 30, 30 to 3, 38 to 7, all uh, written all over it. I don't know that the Giants score. I don't know that the Giants win another game the rest of the year. Um, it's Dallas for me. It's rare when my power number is past a spread like this, but it's 17 and a half. From my algorithm, I mean, my, yeah, it's it's that far, and uh, you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me. I remember a couple of years ago, the second half of the year, it's almost the same pattern when the Giants were playing Jake Fromm at quarterback and like <laughs> couldn't get the ball past midfield. It's really it's that level of quarterback where it's like it's it's literally. I mean, I think we're about the same age. He's he's among the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in the NFL is Devito. So I, I, I don't know how you play him. <laughs> he's one of the worst. I mean, Jaron Hall's pretty bad too. But that's I mean, look at what we yep. had. To, what look what we had to go through this year, Jaron Hall. DeVito, oh. Badgent. I mean, you, I mean, Badgent was the best of them, but I mean, right. there's just the quarterback play is part of the reason for these low totals. It's been just pathetic, man, and embarrassing to talk about almost. Um, very strange in the NFL. It's funny. It's, it's like a sport that, like, you think, you know, tries to cater, cater to their fantasy and all that, but yet these totals have been dropping all year long. I find that ironic. Uh, the Commanders. At Seattle, Seattle's minus six, minus one fifteen on the sports book here. Total is forty five point five. Uh, you messing with this one? No, Seattle's a fraud. I don't want to lay six with them. They got exposed last week. That was a terrible performance. 
Uh, I'm not looking to back Howell on the road in this spot where Seattle's going to be out for blood. So pretty easy pass for me. I think this is the worst survivor play. If you think you want to get cute, you might be like, okay, yeah, everyone's picking the Cowboys. If they just happen to lose, I can win survivor. No, I think this is a bad plane. You'll be out of survivor. If you play this, I, yeah. I can see. Which, I mean, look, if you're in this, if you're in this far in survivor, like you got to get cute at some point. You just can't pick the, the, the biggest chalk every week. We know that, but um, there's, there's some game theory there, but yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. It's just, and don't get me wrong. I'm not like running to bet Washington in a spot where they got a win and Seattle got a loss. It's a spot where Seattle should, you know, be motivated here. Right. But, I, but I just see variants, and and I think that Geno Smith is just the highly variant quarterback. I have a low confidence level yep. in every one of these. Just seeing them lose to the Rams the way they did that first game is the kind of the same thoughts. So, sure, yeah, yeah I'm staying staying far away from this one. All right, Jets Raiders Raiders plus one total is thirty six. Uh, Jets uh, <laughs> didn't look good last week. Um, they're they're waiting for Aaron Rodgers. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I take as long as I freaking can while looking at that offensive line. I don't want to look bad too. <laughs> I mean, I've always been under the impression that the funny, the, the, the common thing I think with Rogers, like, Hey, I'm going to come back. People kind of laugh. They snicker. I actually thought if they made the playoffs, he would come back, but losing that game the other night really put a death knell in their playoffs because now they're four and four. If they could have won that game, they could have won this week, six and three. Then you could just, Hey, trade punches, play 500 the West already. You get to 10 wins and you get in now at four and four in order to get to 10 wins you got to go six and three let's face it every win with them is like a minor miracle it's like an act of god every time they win a game it's just not sustainable um t- boy twice in six days we get zach wilson on prime time that sort of sums up the season here raiders what one one and a half obvious teaser leg i think the jets probably win it just because the defense is the best unit on the field so i'll defer to that do i have a ton of conviction no but i'll, I'll go jets money line here with a very unenthusiastic uh play here with, with the jets all right we'll have an unthus- unenthusiastic disagreement with you um because i'll just go raiders, raiders money line and here's here's the thing you talked me into it <laughs> immediately the raiders i usually fade the spot where the you know the coach comes back i, I was all over him last as a matter of fact i had the giants plus three and a half and i went an equal buyback at pick them in the money line and then i was just thinking maybe i should have put more on the raiders but it was a large bet but either way i mean i, I juiced out on it especially with Jones, but I don't even think Jones injury would have covered me three and a half. If he, if he wasn't no. injured, that was just dead, dead on arrival DOA, man. Um, I, there, I usually am against that, that new coach the next week, but I just found out so much about McDaniels and how stupid this, he's taking care of this team. How he's like someone like insulted the Patriots and he got mad about it. And amazing. It, it's just like, are you serious? I, I, I when the coach is that hated, this makes me think that the momentum continues and the Raiders are a wonderful teaser leg. If you find that plus one and a half and I, I like the Raiders to win it, not by a lot. It's not my super high confidence play, but um, I think they continue. And now that they got one, they're going to get another one here at home. Uh, in my opinion, um, I, I think, I think they just, Antonio Pierce, just a better coach. It's, it's, that's what it is. He's a good coach. He's going to motivate the kids and Devontae Adams is playing and Clayton, um, or uh, Aiden O'Connell. That's it. I'm just thinking of all these new quarterbacks here. Aiden O'Connell is gonna, um, you know, I think have another good game. And Clayton Tunes another one. I'll, let's just throw out there with the bad quarterbacks. We'll throw him out there too, buddy. Oh, he's the captain of the team. I think. <laughs> Holy cow, that's some bad ones. All right. Well, that moves us to Monday night: Denver Broncos versus Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills is minus seven and a half, uh, minus one twelve. The total is forty seven. This is kind of just begging you to bet Buffalo minus 112, seven and a half. 
That, no Matt Milano showed a lot to me. And Denver coming off a bye. Denver looking a little bit more formidable. Maybe they're fat and happy from beating Kansas City. But something clicked in them. And you have to remember the coach there was just embarrassed by his statements against Hackett. And he had a rough start. But if there's any coach that can turn around, it is Sean Payton. I'm seriously considering betting the Broncos. Yeah, they've played better. they played better on defense. Um, they, they've tried to eliminate rush from the equation. Just, hey, give it to Javante Williams and run the ball. Bills are an obvious teaser leg. I wouldn't lay it with them. I don't trust them. I, I've had this theory for a couple of years now. I don't think they ever recover from that 13 seconds in Kansas City where they just blew a chance to go to the yeah. title game, host the title game, win a Super Bowl. You know, who knows? They're they're banged up on defense. I think McDermott's painfully conservative as a coach. You know, it's it's Allen propping up the rest of the team. There's not a lot around Allen, so it'd be dog or pass. I could certainly see, I'd be surprised if Buffalo lost this game. I wouldn't be shocked because, like I said, they got plenty of issues. It'd be dog or pass. I'll probably use Buffalo on a teaser, though. Hell, the Giants almost beat him at night with Tyrod. Oh, should have beaten him. Should have beaten They should have beaten him. Um, there's some calls that went against the Giants at yep. the end of that game. That was just like. And some of it was the Giants on, on, you know, I mean, think about it. You you drive twice inside the one and you get zero combined points yeah. out of it. First half, second half. I mean, the first half was the Giants doing, but yeah, that was that was definitely interference in the end zone. No, you're you're 100 right. Yeah, there's some dis. Yeah, the, the Denver. If I look at it from like I have num- the way I run numbers, I have Denver would be dogs if you use the full season, and I have 14 points. If I have u- the most recent three games, I have Denver plus two. I mean, it's that big of a difference with Buffalo and the way these two teams kind of flipped, right? So you can average it or do whatever you want, put 70 percent on one or the other. But man, um, I, I am not betting Buffalo. I am not taking Buffalo on the teaser. I am not taking Buffalo on my survivors. So I have two survivors out of ten left, so I'm not touching that. It's just another one that I think is kind of ugly. I think I think the Cowboys are definitely the survivor this week, and probably the Ravens. Um, it's tough to use the Ravens against the Browns. I know it's a division game, but I mean, there's not a lot of. I don't like the other two. Yeah, I mean it's November. You got to use somebody if you're still in it. You can't, uh, you know, you can't just take the huge favorite every week. Eventually, you got to go out on limb with somebody. All right. Well, hey, while you're still on, we give it yes. a, we give it a teaser every week. Um, we're eight and one or refuse to lose teaser. We say, and uh, uh, we're gonna do it again. Try for nine and one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've lost teasers, but uh, th- for some reason, the one on this show keeps hitting. Uh, we're, I'm doing exactly what we talked about. I'm taking the Vikings up to eight and a half. And I'm taking the Patriots up to seven and a half. I think just the Patriots is in such a big home run spot. It shouldn't even matter what country or planet or universe they're playing in. Uh, they're going to cover this against the Colts. And if not, all hell is going to break loose. And I think the Patriots should be playing for just the pride of their own beings in this situation. Uh, Vikings, I think Josh Dobbs is in, in a great situation. And uh, the Saints don't blow out anybody, my friend. They're still a one and a half with the Raiders, so I will go. I'll go Vikings and I'll go Raiders. Vikings up to eight and a half. Raiders up to seven and a half. I love that one too. I think that one also makes uh, great sense. Will, uh, what makes great sense is following you, man. You've been great. I see you everywhere now. Your content is amazing. Where could our listeners get some of your information and media? Uh, Go Boys Discord, twitch.tv slash Go Boys Network. We do shows noon Eastern throughout the week. And then I'm on the Megapod with Gil Alexander, beating the book Megapod every Thursday where we go through these games, do a deep dive, sort of similar to what we just did um, with a guest, with Gil, with Todd Wichnev and a a rotating guest. And then on the Bear Bets podcast, college and pro, college is Thursday, NFL is Friday for Fox. So that's a lot of fun. So 
busy time of the year. It's good to be busy. It was good to be on here. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me. No, I love listening to those shows and Gil's show, man. If Todd ever beats quiet, that I, I that, oh. I, that I'm able to listen to you a little bit more on that. <laughs> good luck with that, man. Good luck. Good luck. It's like trying to uh, stop LeBron James from getting away. There's no slowing down Todd. But <laughs> no he is actually, you know, he comes off as a goofball on the show. But man, yeah. As far as betting, some of his live betting strategy, he is like borderline genius. He's a very, very sharp guy. Sharp. Than he seems. I agree with you there, man. It is a great it, two amazing shows, two of my go-to shows for the week. Make sure you guys check out Will. Will be texted. Uh, sounds good, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right, for a little recap here, I'm taking the Ravens at minus six here. One of my top plays. We're gonna do that for 2.5 stars. And then we're also gonna take uh well, if you find a three and a half on the Packers, it's three right now. But I do like the Packers at three and a half for uh two stars. Uh, we're also going to take the Lions at Moneyline. Minus 155 is the best you're going to get right now, but I also like the Lions at the money line, and I definitely like the Raiders to win the game outright. I got a two, but I like them at Pick'em. Uh, plus 100 is what you can find on the Raiders. And obviously our teaser, the uh, Patriots to 7.5 and, and the Vikings to 8.543 stars business bad fuck you pay me oh you had a fire fuck you pay me place got hit by lightning huh fuck you pay me this segment was brought to you by ag1 why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins minerals probiotics and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support boosted energy and even healthier looking skin hair and nails if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or click on our podcast episode description. All right. Now it's time for a little UFC 295. It's going to be an amazing event, actually, because you have some serious heavyweights fighting. Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall, and this was obviously supposed to be the John Jones uh, fight that got canceled, the Miocic and Jones fight. Um, there's uh, just a lot of good fights on this card. I'm just going to go over a couple plays that I'm playing, and we're going to go right with the main event here, Yuri Prokotska versus Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira is a great stand-up fighter, and I like him a lot when he fights Izzy. I've won on him and lost on him <laughs> in those fights, but... I mean, Yuri's just an absolute beast, but the reason that he came all the way down to plus money here at plus 105, plus 103-ish is because of his shoulder injury. Nobody knows about it. Well, it happened about 17 months ago or so, and uh, unfortunately, you know, we don't know exactly the extent of it. It wasn't reported. I'm guessing it was a torn labrum and maybe a rotator cuff, AC joint. I don't, I don't know, but he sat out a long time. Uh, he hasn't fought since June. I think his torn labor might have been actually a year ago. So you give him six to eight months to recover from that and then four months to get back in shape. You know, I think that's enough for a young guy like Yuri. And when I say young, you know, he's 30 years old or so. And Alex Pereira is uh, 38. Uh, so Yuri's 31, actually. And Alex is 36. So there's a five-year difference, my bad. Uh, five years is still a decent amount. But either way, uh, Yuri... What, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this one? You're not going to get Yuri as a plus money dog for any of the fighters that is in this weight class, in my opinion. 
unless maybe Kamzat himself goes up to 205, and who the hell knows if that's ever going to happen. But the weird thing about this whole situation is that Jamal Hill had the title until he got hurt. So just so many people getting hurt here. You know, John Jones, Jamal Hill, Yuri had to get rid of the title when he got hurt. So it's rightfully his, in my opinion. And Alex Pereira had to move up for the Jean Blakovich fight to that weight class. And uh, that was a split decision where many people think Blakovich won that. I personally am in that boat thinking that John probably won it as well, but they gave it to Alex. But either way, uh, Yuri Prokotska is better than John Blakovich, and Yuri can do it on the ground and he can do it standing up. Now, Yuri's a little bit more reckless, haphazard. Is there a chance Yuri can get knocked out? Sure. He's been knocked out a long time ago, back in 2015. He took a KO, and back in, uh, God, you have to go all the way back to 2012, where he got KO'd again. So he has. it's been a long time since he's gotten knocked out, but if anybody can do it, it's probably Alex Pereira. But, I mean, Yuri, at his age, is he smart enough to know what Alex can do? I would say so. I don't think he's going to do anything too stupid here. I think he wants to get his belt back, and you're not going to get a guy like Yuri uh, at this price as I mentioned again. So I'm going to have to just bet on his shoulder being good. I don't think he'd be here if his shoulder wasn't. And it's not like he's a small man, you know. He's 6'3", Pereira's 6'4". He's got an 80-inch reach. So does Pereira. And the grappling is where he's going to have a, a significant advantage, in my opinion. Alex ain't taking down anybody. Yuri's going to be able to take him down and get on top of him and grapple him. If you remember, he did sub Glover Teixeira not too long ago. So he's going to have the advantage on the ground, not as much standing up, but I think he's smart enough to get it on the ground. So I'm going to take Yuri here for the uh, plus money at plus 105 for 1.5 stars. The next fight, I just want to discuss the Sergey Pavlovich fight versus Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall is kind of more on short notice because Sergey's been training being the guy that would be sitting in for the John Jones Miocha's fight. And at the same time, do you have to assume that Aspinall is not in shape? I mean, I wouldn't assume that. Aspinall is a star athlete, and he's probably ready to be called up at any point. Now, Pavlovich is a beast. He knocked out Blades, as you saw, and pretty much everybody he's fought. But Aspinall is a better, well-rounded fighter on the ground and on his feet. You know, I believe Aspinall almost matches up with the significant strikes, but Aspinall can use his legs, and Aspinall also knows how to sub. All he needs to do is get Sergey on the ground, in my opinion. Now, am I saying Sergey is, Sergey is a terrible person on the ground? No, he's Russian. You know, he's definitely grappled before, but his takedown defense is 75%, while Aspinall's is literally 100%. Aspinall has sub people. You know, Aspinall subs people 23% of the time. Uh, Sergey has never subbed someone in his UFC fighting. Both of them have a very low average fight time, so that makes me certainly look towards the under in this fight. But unfortunately, those odds are quite juiced at minus 120 uh, for one and a half rounds. This is just a lot of juice you'd be laying here just on one round for a title fight. So, I mean, it's telling you it's going to be quick. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just think Aspinall is a better rounder fighter 
uh, well-rounded fighter, in my opinion. That's why Espinal's favorite here. You know, Espinal's minus 115, minus 120 in some of these books. So I'm going to leave it at that with that fight. I'll have my decision for premium subscribers uh, probably a little bit later today if we decide to play that fight. Uh, Jessica Andraz versus Mackenzie Dern. Andraz right now, plus 160. Mackenzie's at minus 190. Mackenzie's actually the bigger lady, so she is strong, and she should be able to uh, wrestle with Andraj. Mackenzie Dern uh, is fantastic on the ground, and she knows how to sub. She does sub her fighters quite often, and I think that's an opportunity for you to look at this fight. I actually talked to Gam Lou a little bit about this fight, and he turned me on to this, so credit to Lou. I always give credit where credit is uh, deserved. I was looking at this fight more as a stay away just based upon the price or using Dern as a parlay leg, but I think taking a submission with for Mackenzie Dern, you're actually going to get some plus money on that. It's plus 120 on DraftKings. Andrade has been subbed two of her last three losses, which were all in a row. And Dern, zero KOs. She only wins by sub or decision. Seven submissions, six decisions. So that's why you're seeing such a low price on it. And I say, let's throw a unit on there. We're going to go Mackenzie Dern by submission for plus 120 for one star. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. All right. So I took a little dip into the UFC card. Didn't go through it all completely, but those are my thoughts right now. I still have to dive deeper into the undercard before I make a ton of decisions, being it only Wednesday. also want to watch some of these weigh-ins, obviously, on Friday, but this is going to be a fun event here in New York City. Now it is time for The Sharp Side of the Force. The Sharp Side of the Force is brought to you by BetMGM for a $1,500 sign-up bonus, up to $1,500. Please visit the odds breakers on this podcast description. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Sharp College Football Week 11 money movement. We're going to start with Louisville, minus 17 and minus 20. Hosting Virginia, 86% of the tickets and 89% of the money. Charmaine on Arizona, minus 7 all the way to minus 10.5 at Colorado. 60% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Charmaine on Rutgers, plus 4 to plus 1 at Iowa. 47% of the tickets and 66% of the money. Charmaine on Miami, plus 15 to plus 13.5 at Florida State. 29% of the tickets, 71% of the money. And sharp money on Oregon State, minus 19.5 to minus 21.5. Hosting Stanford, 70% of the tickets and 86% of the money. Sharp totals, Southern Miss at Louisiana, under 59.5 to 54 23% of the tickets and 55% of the money. Sharp Miami on Wyoming versus UNLV over 49.5 to 51. 50% 50 of the tickets and 97% of the money. Sharp Miami on App State versus Georgia State over 60 to 60.5. 60% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Love that one, as you know. Sharp Money on Oklahoma State at UCF over 61.5 to 64. 57% of the tickets and 89% of the money. And Sharp Money on Utah versus Washington under 55.5 to 53.5. 64% of the tickets and 83% of the money. Sharp NFL. We're looking at the Panthers plus four to plus three and a half, 59% of the tickets and 87% of the money. Probably the Justin Fields injury info. Switch that a little bit. Lions pick them two minus three at the Chargers, 95% of the tickets and 99% of the money. But nothing concrete here without buybacks. So we're going to move to sharp totals. Giants versus Cowboys under 41.5 to 38.5, 70% of the tickets and 91% of the money. Jets versus Raiders under 37.5 to 36, 97% of the tickets and 98% of the money. That's all we have for you folks. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and our great guest, Mr. Will Hill from VEASAN and the 
Gold Boys Discord. If you have any questions for us, feel free to email us at info at oddsbreakers.com. We'd happy to read your question on our next show. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy all the games. Enjoy the fights. And go get some winners.